This is the Branches Podcast. We try to keep it simple in this family of faith. Love God and love people. Let's not make it harder than Jesus intended. If you'd like to know more about our community of faith, you can visit us at branchesoc.com. So this week is the week before Easter Sunday, which for us we call Resurrection Sunday. That's why, that's why we have an Easter, uh, new beginnings. But when we talk about Easter, we talk about this resurrection. I don't know how you are, but I need evidence. Uh, I didn't grow up in a church. I didn't grow up in the faith. So for me, it was something that sounded crazy and I needed evidence. Um, And I wasn't there. And so somebody else telling me who wasn't there, it's kind of difficult for me at first to believe or to trust. And like so many other people when I was younger, I, I liked the idea of being a lawyer. Not just because people said, hey, lawyer's a good job, but because I like the idea of finding out what the truth is. I like the idea of doing the research and, and looking at it from all angles and being able to make a decision based on those facts and help others. And when you look at what happens with a jury, when, when they get to the point of making their decision, the judge, who's kind of like a coach, has to charge them. And one of the things that the judge will say, for example, in the UK, he'll say, you need to be satisfied so that you feel sure to make this verdict. So to make this decision, you have to be satisfied. Uh, In the US, if it's a criminal case, they'll say, you need to make this decision to incriminate this person beyond a reasonable doubt. And then if it's a civil case, uh, which means non-criminal, a preponderance of the evidence needs to help you to make your decision. And so it talks about evidence, it talks about reasonable doubt. It's not that you can't have doubt, but it needs to be above reasonable doubt. And so what it's saying is that every verdict is an act of faith. Because the jury, they weren't there at the time that the proposed crime was committed. They had to believe in the evidence. So for us, when we talk about the resurrection, we're in the same place. We weren't there at the time of the resurrection. So we have to decide, is the evidence enough? Am I satisfied and do I feel confident enough in my decision? And usually what the problem is, is that we just don't look at the evidence. We, we haphazardly do it. It's not as formal or as extensive or as thorough as we do in a court of law. But is there anything more important that we should probably get down to? That we should be investigating? And so my intention, this is not going to be thorough. Uh, because there's, if this were a court case, and they've actually done this in courts Uh, with lawyers and judges and juries. If we're going to decide, is the resurrection credible? Did it happen or did it not? We've got to look at the evidence. But there's so much evidence, it would go on forever. So I want to just touch one piece, probably one of the pieces that I had the hardest time with, and I needed to research, I needed to investigate, 
was wouldn't the facts of whether Jesus rose from the dead or not be tweaked or changed over time? I mean, can we really trust what was written in the Bible? And the thing that I really want us to listen to is not so much what does the Bible say, but can the Bible be trusted? Or can, more importantly, can these witnesses be trusted? Let's look at the evidence. So if we're going to look at this evidence, let's start here at the creed uh, that we see in 1 Corinthians 15. Now this 1 Corinthians 15 passage is famous in this argument. And uh, a creed, it's not something that we use or create often in our culture today, uh, but it was done at the time of Jesus and especially all the way through the 400s, 500s and after. So like the Nicene Creed. Um, and for us at Branches, we, when people ask, what do we believe? What do you think about this or that? We try to keep it very simple. Uh, for us, it's love God and love people. But our creed, we chose uh, the Apostles' Creed. Um, this is the Apostles' Creed. Maybe you've heard it before. I figured, hey, it's a good chance to tell you this is what we believe. So if you're watching this, this is our belief. And this creed was created for those, like all creeds, for those that could not read or write. And it was also an attempt to keep the facts straight. And so this is the Apostles' Creed of what their belief or trust was in Jesus based on who they knew him to be. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And so they would memorize this creed, and it would be passed down. And it stayed the same because there was a, 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 an intention, a focus to get the facts straight. We do the same thing. We have a creed that we all know. Um, a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Sing with me. Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Now I know my A, B, Cs. Next comes my P, H, D. Boom. You all know it, right? Because... We pass that on to those that can't yet read or write. And it's to help people to learn the letters and to be able to read in English, that is. Um, so that's what a creed is. So this particular creed that we're going to look at is, is embedded in this letter that Paul is writing to the people, the church in Corinth. And so he says right away, he says, I will remind you what I received, in which you stand, which has saved you by this gospel. And so that word we throw around all the time, gospel. This is the gospel coming up. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. 
And so what Paul is about to say to this little church in Corinth, he's saying, look, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then all of this is a house of cards and it all falls. And you're believing, you're following in vain. So he's reminding them, which means he's done it before. He's preached to them before, which you received past tense on which you have taken your stand. And so he's saying, this is nothing new that I'm telling you. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 is where we see this creed. And this is what he says. For what I received and what I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. Now, I saw someone else change this. Um, it's the same thing, but they tweaked it to turn it into a creed for today. And so this is the creed. Christ died for our sins and was buried. He rose from the dead and was seen. Let me say it again. Christ died for our sins and was buried. He rose from the dead and was seen. Christ died for our sins and was buried. He rose from the dead and was seen. Me just repeating that creed three times, a little bit of it started to stick because they wanted to keep the facts straight. Because this is a big deal. Everything in this faith of following Jesus hinges, holds, is founded on this resurrection. So if it didn't happen, if it was tweaked, if it was changed, if it was made up, then there is no point to this. Sure, he was a great teacher, it's a great way of life, but that's not what Jesus was teaching. He was giving more than just a way to live because he died for our sins and was buried. He rose from the dead and then he was seen, meaning he was witnessed. That's the gospel. So when we talk about the gospel, that's what it is. Do you hear that? So when we think about this resurrection, we need to realize this was not expected. Nobody said afterwards, see, I told you. The only one that could say that was Jesus. Because just like us, even though he told them he was going to rise from the dead after three days, come on, that just sounds crazy, right? And that's why it's so important for us to take a step back and look at this resurrection. For those of you that believe and are putting your trust in this, your trust is only as good as the evidence. And there are many of you that don't trust that Jesus rose from the dead. And so for you, I invite you to look at the evidence, not just the little bit I'm sharing today. Look at the people that disagree with me. Look at both sides. We all need to look at all of the evidence as if we were in a court of law and weigh on this. Because it is so shocking. There were no Christians before the resurrection. There were people that were following Jesus, trying to live his way of life, but to call him the Savior who takes the sins of the world, was buried, and then rose again and was seen and witnessed to, that's something else. It's as if you were walking in your house and all of a sudden someone popped out of the closet and went, boo! Right? Like you're not expecting that. No one expected this. 
And that explains the radical transformation in the way they approach life. Paul went from killing Christians to now going and sharing this gospel, becoming one of those that was persecuted and sought after to silence. People are trying to silence Paul. He got beat up. He got lashed. He got sent off to prison multiple times, but he couldn't deny not only what he experienced when Jesus confronted him and said, why are you persecuting me? But then he went and checked with all of these other witnesses. This is what Paul said. He said that he went to go meet with Peter, Cephas. In 1 Corinthians 15, 5, he says, so then he appeared to Peter and to the 12. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living. So he's saying, look, I'm telling you this happened. You don't believe me? Go look at the evidence because some of those people are still here. Some of them are here today and you can go ask them and see what they saw. Then he appeared to James. And I love that he appeared to James because James is Jesus' brother. I mean, if to me, one of the most fascinating, convincing evidences for the resurrection of Jesus is for James to think that his brother is the son of God. I mean, if anyone's going to be in competition with you, if anyone's going to know your insides and your outsides, it's going to be one of your siblings. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also. But what about us? What about people like us that weren't there when it happened? Let me share one last thing here. Only the resurrection. Only the resurrection can explain the courage of those who had just seen Jesus crucified and then the way they lived their life afterwards and the way they gave up their life afterwards because they couldn't deny what they saw. They watched him die. They watched him die. They peered into an empty tomb. They had breakfast with him on the beach. And then many of them were killed later, testifying of everything that they saw. You can't scare men and women who don't fear death. You can't scare men and women who've gazed into the eyes of the resurrection and the life. And so for you, my question is, are you satisfied with the evidence that you have? And most likely, if you're a normal, you're like most people I talk with, you haven't actually looked into the evidence that which is for the resurrection and that which is against. And so I want to challenge you to investigate both sides of this argument. Like a jury, you weren't there at the time of the resurrection. Just like a jury wasn't there at the time that, this, that a crime was committed. You're left with having to trust the evidence to make a decision. So do you believe by the evidence that Christ died for our sins and was buried. He rose from the dead and was seen. That's what I want you to think through. For believers, when we go to celebrate the resurrection next week, look into that evidence. This week, look at it. 
And for those of you that don't believe or have walked away or your, your faith is just waning, I want to invite you to look into these claims. Google it. We Google for everything else. Why not something this important? I want you to know that it is possible to believe. It's possible to believe for the first time, and it's possible to believe again. And then on Easter, I really want to invite you to join us. Uh, we have those two gatherings uh, at the casino, and you can find all the information online at branchesoc.com. But I want to invite you uh, as we look and try to answer the question, can we believe again? Can we have hope in this? This has been a brutal year that has hammered on so many of our beliefs, our thinking, the way we live. Can we believe? Can we believe in this? Let's talk about it on Resurrection Sunday. So we invite you. May God bless you.